0: Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Kingsway Podcast from Pastor Sean. You are about to hear a message from a recent Sunday service. We consider it a privilege to be on a spiritual journey with you. So take a few moments with us and allow God to inspire you today. I'm going to ask you to do something in a second. The Lord just impressed upon me. I'll tell you what, I cannot get out of Joshua. I'm trying Every time I studied, I see something else. I see something new. I see something fresh. Last night, my wife and I were praying, and I was ready to do something that I thought was interesting, and the Lord says, you're not done yet. So we're going to talk about Joshua chapter 3. It's still the same chapter. You can open your Bibles to Joshua chapter 3. For those of you who haven't been in the series yet, I've been preaching on it the last three or four weeks. If you haven't heard last week's Father's Day sermon, please tune in and listen to that. It'll be posted today. We were a little late because we've been busy this week. But it talks about the Jordan River. It talks about the Israel people who had an exodus out of Egypt into the promised land. They were going finally to the land that was promised to them, the land of milk and honey. And yet they had a Jordan River facing them in the front of them. In order to get through the Jordan River, they needed a new leader. God rose up a man named Joshua. and Joshua helped them move across the river. The Bible has a verse like this. It's Joshua 3.14. We keep using it every week. As a matter of fact, I looked at this verse. We started by talking about the Ark of the Covenant. What does that mean? Carrying the Lord's presence. We talked about carrying the Lord's presence. Then we talked about priests and what a priest meant, a priest of the home, a priest of the church, a priest in your family. Then we talked about leading and being ahead of them, allowing God's presence to be ahead of where we are and leading our families and leading our churches that way. We talked about all these things, and I said, surely I'm done with this verse, Lord. I can't preach on it anymore, can I? He says, oh, there's more. There's more. Look, it's right there. Don't you see it? I said, Lord, there's not many words left. It dawned on me. The promised land, it was spoken all the way back at Abraham. Forty years after Moses got him out of Egypt, they continued to wander. 40 years, they didn't make it into the promised land. Joshua was risen up, a new leader. And then this verse, so the people left their camp. Heavenly Father, Lord God, give me the words to say. Give me the way to say it. Allow the energy to match, Lord, the truth and the passion of what you have shared with me. Father God, I pray today that this church would get a hold of what you are about to say today. It is not by accident who is here to listen to this service. Lord God, because you are starting a new work in this moment. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You see, Moses was not able to leave the wilderness. Joshua was the one that had to leave the wilderness. Now here, this is very interesting. I was talking to my children about a riddle this morning. I said, what's the most important thing you need to be able to do to get to a new location? Well, one of them said, get permission. Another one said, well, I need to know where I'm going. These are all good answers. But if you know where you're going and you have permission, what do you need to do to get through to the next location? My kids said, well, maybe you need a key or or maybe you need directions. We kind of talk about it and we realized very quickly, I needed to make this simpler for them kids know, okay, we're going to church right now. What do we need to do? What's the most important thing we need to do to get to church right now? And they said, well, get in the car. Yeah, we need to, you know, be ready. We need to do all these different things. And then my son, who was late, he knew exactly what to say. He said, we need to leave home. We need to leave home. You can't get to church this morning unless you leave home. You see, this is such basic truth, but I want to share it with you. It's so basic. We can't move forward until we first leave where we are. We can't move forward unless we first leave where we are. You can't have one without the other. You see, to move forward is in fact to leave, for me to go from here to here. Yeah, I'm going to get there. And we all want to talk about the next location, the next level. We all want to talk about all the greatness in the promised land. But often we don't talk about, i got to leave here first. got to move from this position to get to this position. It's a simple but very profound law. It, It manifests right here in the physical realm. Take anything. Take anything right now. Say you're in a land that you want to leave from. Say that land is a land of debt. You want to leave a land of debt to get to a land of plenty. Well, you need to stop spending. Say you want to live in a land without affliction or addiction, a land free of drugs. Well, if you want to live in that land, you have to leave a land of using drugs. You can't use drugs and live in a land of drug freedom. It's pretty simple. You have to leave one to get to the other. Let me make it more simple. Again, you, to come here to church today, you had to leave the safety, the protection, the comfort of your home to come to church. I asked my kids, what are all the reasons why you wouldn't want to leave home? Because you're tired. Because you're comfortable. Because you feel safe. You see, there's lots of things holding us to where we are today, despite the fact we can see where we want to go, despite the fact that God is going to get us there, despite the fact that he's going to help us get there, there's so much holding us and preventing us from leaving. It's not as easy as it sounds, yet it's so simple to explain. I have a video. I found it on Google this morning, and to me, it paints the picture beautifully. He turned the lights down on the screen, and I want everybody to watch this 40-second video about this mom and her little beautiful daughter. To go to work. Don't leave me. I don't wanna leave you. I'll be back, okay? Okay,
1: Okay, I
0: go to work and I come back and get you, okay? Okay. Love you. Love you. I gotta go to work. Don't leave me. I have to go to work. Listen don't to the mom. Me. I don't wanna leave you. I don't want to leave you In order for the mom to provide for that family, she's got to go to work. As much as she wants to be home, care and nurture and love that little baby, she knows in order to pay the bills, in order to to reach the provision, she needs to go to work. But it is pulling at her heart. My wife, when she heard this last night, me preparing it, she was almost in tears. She's like, stop playing. I can't hear that little baby anymore. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. What is calling you right now? What is calling you so strongly, it's pulling at your heartstrings. It will not allow you to leave where you are today, despite the fact you know you must leave. What is it? I need you to think about it. Because God has something in store for you, and it requires you to leave. So this is what he said to me as I was getting up here and I was asking my kids to stand up. I realized my kids can only do that little poem if they got out of their seats. They left their seats. They couldn't do it from their seats. They needed to do it up here. Amber and Chad needed to come up here. So I'm going to ask you, this is crazy. I know you tell me I'm crazy and nobody has to listen to me, but I'm going to share it with you. For those of you who raised your hand and said, you need a miracle. For those of you who desperately need to move to another place, who require God to confirm in them that he's going to separate the Jordan River so they can walk through on dry land. For those of you who need God to do something today, I want you, Now, this is crazy, I know, I want you to get up and I want you to come sit on the front row. Some of you did it already. During worship, you got up and you sat on the front row. If you need something, because I want you to pay attention. I don't want you to miss what I'm about to say. Just come sit on the front row. Don't be embarrassed. Don't, who cares what people think? Because let me tell you what people are going to think. God's about to do something in your life. And hopefully you all will be posted on Facebook real soon. Come on down and sit on the front row. This is such a simple message, but it requires action. So what I love about God, you know, the Bible says that the Lord will draw near to you. Do you know that? The Bible says it'll draw near to you. But for those of you who know scripture well, it comes to mind, well, there's something right before that. Not after that, before that. It doesn't say the Lord will draw near to you and then you do something. It doesn't say that. The Bible actually says, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. That's what you're doing. You're drawing near to him right now. You're drawing, this is as close as you can get, unless you want to sit a uh, crisscross applesauce on the altar right here. It, this is as close as you can get. This is as close as I want you right now. Because I want you to pay attention. For the rest of you, you take notes for all of them. Look at Scripture. It's so basic. It's so basic. Look at this. It's so obvious to me when I looked at it one more time. Joshua 3, 14. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan. In order to cross the Jordan, they needed to leave their camp. What was their camp? Well, the camp was their staging area. It was the place where they gathered together. It was their home at that point. It was the place that they pumped each other up, that they got excited for. And maybe some of you are in those places. You know exactly what you're about to do. You're actually pretty excited. Maybe you come to church, and you think church is your staging area. Church is where you get good advice. Church is where you get pumped up. You're really excited, but you know what? You never leave church. I mean, you go home, but really your thought process, your actions never leave that conversation at church. And for some of you who are not quite there yet, who are not pumped up, who aren't at this camp, you have to leave somewhere to get to camp. Well, who left to get to camp? How did they get to camp? Well, that's verse 14. Let's just go back to verse 1. Early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left the Achaia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan where they camped before the crossing. So that's how they got to the camp. They left their grove. So before before they left the camp, they had to get to it. So they were in the grove. The grove is the wilderness. That was their home. That is where their protection was. That's where their provision was. That's where they were comfortable. That's where they were safe. That's also where they were for just about 40 years. Now, the, the parents, the grandparents, they had since passed away. Some of these youngins really didn't know. This was all they knew was this grove. It's all they could understand is this grove. That was their life. Everything they did was around this grove. And now they're told to leave the grove to go to the camp. How'd they get to the grove? Well, let's look. It's a whole book prior in Exodus 3.10. The Lord says to Moses, Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Egypt. Do you see, in order for the people to get to the grove, God had to lead them out of Egypt. They had to be willing and wanting to lead. Now, that wasn't so hard to leave Egypt. Egypt was slavery. Egypt was awful. They wanted to leave Egypt. But just walk backwards here. In order to get to the promised land, they had to cross the Jordan. In order to cross the Jordan, they had to leave the wilderness. In order to get to the wilderness, they had to leave their old land. What I'm saying is, as important as it is to enter into your next glory is the act of exiting your current one no matter how great your current glory is, no matter how great your ministry is, no matter what God is doing for you, to go to the next one, you have to leave your current one. Some of you who life isn't so good say that's easy. For some of you who life is pretty good, that may be hard. And for some of you, you may be struck with fear on what that means. Another way of putting this is, I've read this in a book somewhere. It says exiting is as holy as entering. Exiting is as holy as entering. How do I know that? Because... God named this book of the Bible, the second one. Look what he named it. It literally means to exit. He's trying to get a hold of us right now and say if it takes 48 chapters for you guys to figure out how to exit something, I'm going to do it. If it takes 40 years of walking around the wilderness for me to explain the importance of exiting, I'm going to do it. None of this is about entering the promised land. All of it is about exiting where you are today. Are you following It gets better. How did Moses get to where he was? It started back in Genesis. Genesis 12, chapter 1. The Godfather, the great father of all Christianity, Abraham. He says, leave, this is what God said to Abraham. Leave your native country. Leave your relatives. Leave your father's family. And repeat after me, go to the land that I will show you. This message is not about going. That's going to be a next message. This message is about leaving. It starts with leaving. You can't go until you leave. It is so basic. The Bible talks about go, 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 go. All these things we need to go. Pastor Chris was here, so let's go. But we have to be willing to leave. Leaving is as holy as leading. Last week, I was talking about leading. In order to lead, we need to leave. It goes together. It's a difficult ask. I get it. Some of you who, whose life is so ingrained in your lifestyle, is so ingrained in your thought process, is so ingrained in what's around you, your circumstances, you can't imagine life not the way it is right now. And maybe you have spent years constructing your life a certain way and you have attained it, and yet it's not what you thought it was. And to leave that paralyzes you. What we learned from Abraham... What we learn from Moses, what we learn from Joshua, is when God asks you to leave, he never asks you to do it alone. He's not going to ask you to muster up the energy to figure this out yourself. He's not going to provide you with nothing. He provides with the resources. He provides with the strength. What is he asking you to do? Take the first step. This is what I talked about, stepping into the water. This is what God is asking you to do. Take the first step and leave. But what I realized is I was so focused on what God is doing for you. I was so focused on the promised land. I missed out on the five or six times God told the, the leaders first to leave. You have to be willing to exit what's going on right now. I'm going to get some specifics on what those things are, but I want to get your head around it. I like to think about it this way. Lead by leaving before you try to enter. We talk about entering into the glory, entering to the glory of the ladder house, entering to the glory of Kingsway. There are some people here at Kingsway who ask me, oh, her talk, not around me, and I may hear, I wish Kingsway had revival. I wish Kingsway was like it used to be. I wish Kingsway was like this or like that, or I wish I wish we had this going on at Kingsway. If I was in those conversations, I would tell you, "No, know why Kingsway doesn't have all that, why all that's not happening? They would say, please tell me, inform me, educate me. The problem is you. You're not willing to leave the old King's way to enter into the new King's way. Listen, listen how basic this is. It is just, it's so profound. I just say you want something new. Say you want to be in a new place. You're born of the old. You want something new. I have a guaranteed way, no doubt about it, for you to enter into the new. Leave the old. The moment you leave the old, by definition, you need to be entering into the new pastor Connie says it like this the first call was to Abraham and it was to get out of my country and your land and I will show you the first command was to get out the rest of the blessings all the promises all of the future all that rested on these two words leave you see getting out leaving is a holy act the Messiah, our Jesus Christ, he called the disciples to do what? To come with him. But in order for him to do that, they had to first leave. They had to drop their nets. They had to get out of their boats. They had to leave their old way of life. If they didn't leave, they could not come with God. God calls us all to come, to move, to follow, to pilgrim, to enter into his blessings. But we can't know any of these things unless we're willing to, leave, There are many who long for change in their lives. We're sitting all right here. But few are willing to leave. If you want to get to the new place where you are not, you must leave the place that you are. If you want to get to the place that you are not, you must leave the place you are. Leave the old and you will enter the new. Cross out of the Red Sea, out of Egypt, And you will come to the Jordan, to the promised land. I titled this message, and I'm going to give it to you here at the end. I titled this message, It's Time to Say Goodbye. Now, don't freak out. Church isn't going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. But there are things in your life you need to say goodbye to. Now, at this point, I normally pray for you all, and I end. Today, I'm not doing that. See, my wife and I, we stayed up last night. And I said to myself, If I preach this message, they're going to come up to me afterwards and say, what am I leaving? What do I have to leave? And if I give them some specific examples, then they're going to feel like I'm being judgmental, feel like I'm coming down on somebody. This week was a very tough week for Bridget and I. We've been extremely busy, so we prayed last night. Not for the church, not for all of you, not even for our kids. Just her and me, and became pretty obvious what God was saying to us once we got to a very personal level. You see, because at this point people are saying, oh, I, I hope so and so's here hearing this message. Hope the person sitting next to me, you know, I know somebody in my family who needs to hear this message. I can't wait to send him this message. If you are here today, you need to hear this. It's time to say goodbye. Let's say you are in the land of trouble. Let's say you're in the land of trouble, and you love to say hello to the land of promise and plenty. But you're in the land of trouble, so I want to talk about how to lead the land of trouble. Maybe if you have trouble with finances, you're worried about money. Pastor, pray for me. Help me. You first, before I pray, and before I help you, you need to say goodbye to debt spending. You can't keep using your credit cards. You need to say goodbye to unnecessary living. Buying stuff you don't need today just because you want it. Going places you don't need to go just because it makes you feel good. You can do those things fine, but you will stay in the land of debt. If you have trouble with relationships, then you need to stop. You need to say goodbye to gossiping. Because more than likely, you're part of the problem. You need to say goodbye to gossiping and stop blaming other people for the situation that you are in. The other people aren't going to be able to help you out of the situation. The only one is him and he doesn't want any blame. He only wants honor. Say you're in trouble with your own self-worth. Say goodbye to entertaining negative conversations. You see, you can't fight sin with sin or evil with evil. You only just produce more of it. So if you're having these issues with confidence and in your mind and self-worth and you entertain negativity, you're just going to breed more negativity. Say you're having trouble in the home. I don't care what trouble it is. Say goodbye to sin altogether in your home. Get it out no matter what you need to do. It's an amazing thing. It blows my mind. You know, the church, it's God's home. Sin comes in that door every Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. Sin comes in this building. We allow sin to come in this building because it is only God who can forgive sin. It is only God who can restore people from sin. But in your homes, you should be much more discriminatory. Don't allow sin to come in your home. Don't open the door to sin. I'm not saying don't allow sinners to come in your home. Sure, but if you do, sit down with them and talk to them about Christ. If you're not willing to do that, then stop inviting them to your house. Because they're going to wonder how you're different than them anyway. And if you are no different, they're going to say, why should I stop sinning? Maybe you're not in a land of trouble today. Maybe you are in the land of the stalled stalled. Your wheels are spinning in the mud. You want progress. You want to say hello to promise and progress, but you're stalled. You're in the land of stalled. Say goodbye. Say goodbye to expecting life to be trouble-free. Life is not going to be trouble-free. For the prophets I just mentioned, they had plenty of trouble. Life, the Bible says, it will rain on the just and the unjust. The sun will rise on both. Life is full of trouble. Let's expect it and give God glory and honor to get us through it. The land of stalled is filled with small prayers. You want to get out of the stalled land? Stop praying itty-bitty little prayers and wondering if God will answer them. Start praying big prayers. Prayers so big that when God answers it, it will change everything. He wants to be a part of those prayers, not the little teeny ones that only you will see that make you feel better. Amen? In the land of the stalled, there's a lot of doubting. In fact, some people are so stalled in their land, they're so embedded in their little grove, they won't even go to the camp. They won't even look to see if there's another side. They doubt if there is an if another side. Is there even another side to see? They're so happy in their stalled little land, or they're so potentially petrified to leave their stalled little land, they won't see the other side. Start believing that there is another side. Say goodbye to all that. Now, if you come up to me after church and you say, so, Pastor Sean, what are you leaving? Where are you going? And what do you need to leave? My wife and I, we prayed, I want to share with you. For us, we would love to say hello to more of God. We'd love to say hello to his power. In order to do that, it is clear, we need to leave the land of perfection. The land of perfection does not have the power of God in it because humans can't live like that. So what do we need to say goodbye to? Maybe this will resonate with some of you. Maybe we need to say goodbye to trying to do everything and please everyone. You know, I get phone calls all week. People want me to call them, pray with them, talk with them. Plenty of you have reached out to me. You wonder why I haven't texted you or called you or prayed for you this week. Now I don't have time to sit with you, but I'll share with you. This week was one of the busiest weeks of my wife and I's life, not because of work or family, because of all you. We were at most of your homes this night. You guys know who you are. Praying with you, instructing you, crying with you. But there are other people who potentially get left out. Why? Why do you don't come to our house? Why do you don't pray for us? You may think we prioritize one family over another. It's not so. God calls us. He tells us where to be. And leaving sometimes is very hard to do. Leaving our children, leaving our night, leaving our date, leaving whatever it is. But we do it because we try. But we will not be able to try for every one of you. That's why I have a pastoral team. So I have to figure out how to leave this desire to please everyone. Also, this is a big one. We need to say goodbye to worrying that god is not in control where did this idea come from that god is not in control he is in control everyone on the first pew you need to hear this in your body god is in control god is in control we need giant like faith to rise up inside of us and remind us that god is in control and we need to forgive every bit of what we have of control back to him It is not my sermon today. It is not the worship. It is not the prayers that are in control. It is not any formula that we perceive today that is in control. What is in control is God. He is doing what I cannot see. And if you allow Him to do so, as simply as you got out of your seat and sat here in the front pew, if you allow Him to do so by acting and leaving from where you are, by stopping and saying goodbye to some of these things on this list, God, too we'll regain control of your life when you say goodbye to unreasonable expectations for yourself and every one of you is a victim of it my wife and i are no different we look at other pastors we look at other churches we look at some of our best friends we look at other parents and we wonder wow Should we be doing more for our kids? Should we be doing more for our family? Should we be doing more for our church? How can we do more? How can we do more? How can we do more? And it gets inside your spirit, and it begins to rip up. How can we do more? And there is the epiphany. There is the epiphany. We need to leave the land of trying to do more because it is not us trying to do anything. It is God that needs to do more. The land I need to be in is on my hands and my knees, praying that God would do it and get me out of the way. Expectations will pull you down if they're unrealistic and they don't come from Him. It's why you come to church on Sunday to realign your thinking to His expectations. I want to leave you with this one. And I think because I'm out of time here, I think next week I may skip to this one. Say goodbye. Say goodbye to allowing mm, to be at the center of your life. Say goodbye to allowing mm, to be at the center of your life. What's your mm? Because you don't want to say it out loud. You don't want to mention it out loud. You want to know what my deep personal mm that I struggle with, that's at the center of my life at times? I'll tell you next week, if you come back, I want to leave you with this verse. Hopefully, I've shared with you the basic principle that to leave the old, you will enter the new. Each one of you sitting on the front pew can describe in great clarity what the old is. You wonder with great promise what the new is. In some cases, we must stop what we're doing to allow God to do something new. And I want to leave you with this verse here. It's a verse we've been using. Laura's been saying it. Amber's been saying it. It's been sneaking into all of my Joshua verses throughout the last couple weeks. And here it is again. It's in Isaiah. It's 43. We can't get out of that chapter either. Forget the former things. That's what it says. Forget the former things. What in your life are you holding on to And it doesn't just need to be sin, it could be a ministry, it could be a lifestyle, it could be some schedule, it could be a routine, it could be a relationship, I gave you tons of things, it could be practically that you're holding on to. God says your cup is full, I can't give you a new thing, but if you forget the former things, do not dwell on the past, see I am doing a new thing, now it springs up. Don't you see it? Don't you see what God is doing with each and every one of you? Do you see that Kingsway and the foundation of what God is going to do when he packs this church out will be because of you 20 or 30 standing up, moving and sitting in your pew right here and saying, I remember the day I got out of my seat. It was a physical thing. I left my seat and I came down here and sat down or I moved from there and I sat right here and it reminded me, when I get home, I need to leave what I'm doing. I need to leave that or leave this or leave that and allow God to make a way in the wilderness, to allow God to do something for you that you cannot do for yourself no matter how hard you work at it. And every one of you, and I'm looking in your faces, I can see in my mind all the things you work so hard at. God is saying to you, is saying to you, leave the wilderness, leave the grove, leave the camp. And when you cross through that Jordan and you are standing in the middle of God's presence standing there with walls of water on both sides feeling totally protected totally in God's will feeling like this is the best that God has to offer when you are standing in that moment in the middle of the Jordan he says leave i have more for you go to the other side go to the promised land and i will show you a depth of my love you have not known Church, that is the depth I want you to feel. That is the depth I want you to know. I want you to love God so deeply that when you come into this church, you can't stand up. You can't wait to sing. I can't wait till we worship so long I don't have time to preach at all. I can't wait till the power of God moves and miracles happen without me saying a word. I can't wait until you guys recognize the power of God in our pastoral leaders more than you recognize it in me. Do you understand what I'm saying? We need to leave our expectations behind and allow God to do a new work here at Kingsway Christian Center. We at Kingsway hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Sean. It was not by chance you listened to it. God is speaking to you. Visit kingswaycc.org to find the podcast from Pastor Sean. We pray today that this somehow inspired you to draw closer to God and to connect with His people, His purpose, and His power. God bless you.